If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Change Physician Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Kukara, with my co-host, Dr. Melissa Cady, and a returning guest, Dr. Michael Wu Ming. And uh, Dr. Wu Ming, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things that relate to sales and marketing and entrepreneurship, because in our first episode, we got to hear your physician journey and kind of the impact that entrepreneurship and moving into the sales and marketing and kind of developing your side businesses and how that impacted both those side businesses with educational projects and information projects, but also with, um, with your clinics that you are running as well. So with this, let's um, just kind of drive into a little bit about what marketing is in general, or how would you define marketing for someone who's not clear on what that concept or uh, means? Oh, gosh. <laughs> a nice general question, a softball question. Well, I think most people know what marketing is, um, but there are you know, different types of, of marketing. Basically, it's a way of communication where you can get somebody to know more about what you have to offer, in most cases, your business, your products and services. Um, and it's basically just general communication out into to the world, you know, there, there's different types of marketing. There's online marketing, there's offline marketing, there's different, you know, avenues from just online marketing we could talk about. Social media is now the big one that everybody's talking about. Um, I think the one thing that, that I wanna share with your audience is the importance of marketing. We've all, we probably all have heard the phrase that, you know, if you want to, if you want to make money, you need to spend money, right? And usually the way that comes down to is in terms of marketing. So you could be the, the best surgeon. Let's say you were at the top of the class and you're, and you're the best surgeon to the world. But the one who markets their services the best is always going to be more successful in terms of getting more patients than the most skilled surgeon. And, you know, life's not fair, but that's, that's pretty much what it is, you know. We all know that there are doctors out there who are probably a little bit more famous than, than you or I, maybe not Melissa, but we do, we've got the Dr. Phil's of the world, right? Or the Dr. Oz's of the world. And why are they well-known? Is because they know marketing and understand marketing and, and they put themselves out there. No, I think that is a great introduction to it. And I, I love how you emphasize this. It's not the best surgeon or best physician who wins. It's really the best <laughs> marketer of the physician or surgeon who wins. And so um, that to me, things it's really, it would important for physicians to know that. But what, what would you say to a physician, physician who's like, well, you know, I just work for a hospital and this is not something that I have to think about. Do you think that they still should have some understanding of marketing in general? Or do you think that if you're an employed physician, it's not important? Well, I think we, I think we really have got a wake-up call in that um, as someone who owned marketing companies, so I worked with medical marketing companies. I had my own medical marketing company. And we specifically focused on one avenue of medical marketing was called reputation management that you're, you're pretty familiar with, you know, so if you've ever Googled yourself and you've never, if you've never Googled yourself, um, then you're lying to yourself because we all have, right? We want to know what has been said about us. We want to know what, what the world thinks about or where, what comes up. 
and it, inevitably, um, a patient review will generally come up for the most part, whether it's on you know something like Yelp or the different doctor review sites that are, that are out there already, um, health grades, et cetera. And the thing is, is that if you don't know how to market, the world kind of markets it for you. So whether you have your own cash-based service, certainly that's marketing is important, but if you're a doctor in a hospital and you're, you're serving patients, you're gonna get reviewed as well. And so what comes up on the internet is gonna be a reflection of you, like it or not. So what you see on there, um, if you don't like what you see, let's say somebody had a bad review because let's say you were late to your appointment, okay? Is that a true reflection of you as a doctor? Probably not, right? But if you start getting a lot of these over time, that's what people are gonna see. And of course, everybody wants to you know, have a good reputation, an excellent reputation out there. And so that's why even if you are not, you know, have your own cash-based practice, you still have other factors that, that it's important for you to market, you know, what your employer thinks about you, you know, that could have uh, an impact in terms of any raises that are gonna be coming up or discipline that's gonna be co coming up. So in my marketing company, we focused on reputation management and, and just telling doctors that what is being said about you has importance in not only um, your career, but, but your life as well, because not only your patient sees it, family members, friends, et cetera. And that's why it's important to market yourself because let's be honest, no one's going to do it for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's a good reminder that whether you want to be part of social media or be online or not, that you are acquiring some kind of reputation online, whether you're looking at it or not, and or you're, you know, creating kind of a brand for yourself, even if you're not doing it intentionally on your own. Um, and so, you know, it is good to kind of survey the land and get an idea of what is being passively branded about you versus like you actively branding yourself or trying to put yourself out there intentionally on the internet. I guess uh, kind of a little bit of a tangent, if people are finding that there's stuff that it really doesn't resonate with their real character or with, you know, maybe an angry patient for some unrelated hospital bill that has nothing to do with the physician and, and whatnot. Is, is there, um, are there services and, and I know they're out there, but have you found that you've had to direct physicians to places where they can kind of scrub the internet, so to speak, so they can clear that? Or you find that it's pretty difficult for physicians to do that? Well, that's one of the reasons why I don't, I'm not actively doing this. So we used to do this, you know, we're talking 10 years ago it, and it was a lot easier. There's, there's things that are known as like, re, um, you know, reverse search engines going in and, and pushing down bad results on, on the internet. Now it was a lot easier back then. It's, it's much more difficult and certainly you'll find some companies who say that they can do it and, and maybe they can, but I do know, it's very, very difficult. Um, you know, I remember getting a call from a doctor who said, hey, I've got some really bad stuff on the internet. Can you push it down? And, uh, you know, he, he told us a little bit what it's all about, but then when I'm looking that he's gonna be indicted for some bad things <laughs> like in, the, in a few months, there's only so much that I'm gonna be able to do here. Right. So, um, yeah, there are certainly different companies out there. Obviously, and this is probably a cop-out, don't 
put yourself in positions where you're going to have really bad stuff on the internet for the first place. And that, that makes it a lot easier. But, you know, but there are some simple things. It's if you find something that, you know, let's say there's a, a, a YouTube video about you that's not getting a lot of, you know, traffic, you know, you can put other types of videos that kind of push that stuff down. Um, you know, when you get that your name is in like, you know, you know, the USA Today or the Wall Street Journal, you know, these sites have got big traffic sites, that's a little bit more difficult uh, you know, to push down. And, and, and that, that's a good point, though, because, you know, the key for, 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 for preventing a bad message is not to do the stuff that would be associated with a bad message in the first place, right? I love that. Don't, get, don't do things that are going to get indicted. Um, but I think for the vast majority of physicians, you kind of worry about a bad physician review. And so in what I'm kind of hearing you say is in the past, it was a little bit easier to kind of push that stuff down. Um, but I'm kind of wondering with the day of age of, of kind of internet on our, on our fingertips and social media as a marketing tool. And as Melissa kind of talked about each of us is an individual brand in and of, our, of ourselves that nobody else other than ourselves is going to be, you know, hospital doesn't necessarily care about you. The hospital cares about the hospital, but the, the physicist, and if you care about your reputation and your career, you kind of have to have at least a little bit of awareness there. Um, so it would seem to me that marketing could be a tool to not necessarily fight off, but to drown out those bad reviews. Because if you saw, oh, I have one or two bad reviews, then you could market to your patients for good reviews. Like you and ask them, and people may not think of that as a type of marketing, but you know, approaching your 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 patients and, and asking for good testimonials and asking for reviews would be to me another type of marketing. What do you think about that? Oh, for sure. I mean, just like just as our definition, it's it's a way of communication. Whether it's you are producing the content yourself, and when and I'm lumping in reviews as under content, or someone else is doing it, it's it's all going to be helpful. And and here's the thing you're going to get a bad review, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's going to happen as someone who's ran a business for, you know, a, a physical business, you know, I have my own cash, cash practice, number of crash practices, you know, it's going to be very difficult for you to get 300 five-star reviews and most, and, and I've seen patients who say, you know, I actually don't trust those reviews because those are often fake or artificially generated. Uh, they actually, enjoyed reading the one or two star reviews because they were actually more uh, had the importance of how did you respond to those reviews and she liked the way that I responded to uh, you know some of the the one or two stars reviews of course we do our best what we can to, to help them but you know you know I think in one case this this lady was mad because we didn't stay you know an hour afterwards to accommodate her her needs because she was an hour late to her appointment okay so simple things like that but you know of course that's my fault right so <laughs> it's the way that we responded is really really helped uh, influence her in deciding her for me to be her doctor yeah i think that kind of oh go ahead i was gonna say so then um as basic steps then let's just because I'm, I'm kind of thinking on this at a bunch of different levels, but if you're, say, you're an individual physician in practice, maybe in an employed model, what would be the first steps that you would recommend for them to kind of have a marketing mindset about themselves as, you know, me, the doctor, my own business, even though I'm an employed model, what, what would you think the first step for them would be? The first step would probably just be a general audit 
of your name. You know, look up your name on the search engines. You know, Google's the big kahuna. That's one that most ever used. But you can also look up Bing and see what else is coming up. Uh, same thing, you know, the, the different things, what's coming up on social media, your name coming up on Twitter. You know, there's a search engine on Twitter. There's you know, what's coming up on Facebook, uh, Instagram. What is actually coming up? And and if you put in your name, you, you'll notice that most of the, the sites that I mentioned come up on Google, right? So your, your, your Twitter. So um, that would be the first thing you see what's come up. And then what you want to do is for your name to start, you know, getting those, those social media sites that are under your name. So, you know, Twitter, you know, there's a Mike Wuming. I, I have that on Twitter, on Instagram, the different social, you want to claim those. You don't want, you know, some, uh, someone else to be claiming it. It's your name. If you can have your, a domain name with your name, I have MikeWuming.com or DrMikeWuming.com. So start, start claiming those. Even if you don't think you're going to use it, the last thing you want to do is, you know, depending on, on what's going to happen, is someone else that you don't have control over it claiming these, these for you. So we see this a lot with celebrities, right, where they have to get on Twitter and say, you know, the real Dr. Dre or the real Kim Kardashian. Uh, I, know, I know, Kevin, you're a big fan of, of these folks, but, you know, they have... The, their, their Twitter profiles and they have to start claiming these, even if you're not going to be using them because, hey, it's your name, right? That's the first thing that people are going to be look up. But as I mentioned, that's what are, are coming up onto Google. So first thing is, is to do an audit. And the second thing is to start claiming these, these sites. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to, I was thinking earlier when you were talking about how you responded to, you know, maybe the one stars or two stars, it, it really, uh, I think, reinforces the idea about good communication <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and not the silence, not the, you know, um, you know, back away from it and not deal with it. I mean, there, there shows some level of, uh, you know, um, finesse and integrity to be able to deal with those those challenges. So I, I think there's a that's a big component, obviously, of, of direct marketing is good communication. And you know, uh, Kevin's really great at copy and 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 writing great emails. And so I think to myself about you know you said something about spending money to make money and advertising and marketing. Um, but wouldn't you say something that I find physicians I've talked to that are trying to figure out how to market to their, their region um, to get more patients, I don't think they realize just how just giving value based on just educating maybe on the things that you repeat over and over and over and over and over again, that you create little snippets, whether it's in emails or little videos, um, what would, how would you encourage uh, physicians on that front as far as giving value um, as a form of direct marketing? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. There's one thing I want to address the bef before I get into it. I, I like what you said about, uh, you know, addressing, giving value back to the patients because as someone who's worked with, uh, you know, I had in my, my marketing company, I had over 150 accounts. So 150 doctors that my, me and my staff had, had to deal with. And them communicating, you know, nicely to the patient usually wasn't their first initial step. <laughs> they wanted to, to talk about the patient. It was usually, how dare they talk about me like this? 
um, this unfair and, and it's, they're just like venting to me or my staff and I'm going to sue them. And, you know, I let them get it out of our system. And it's a common human response, right? We're, you know, we don't feel the same way they are. They're feeling, they're using a, a public uh, form like a Yelp and, and, and talking bad about us. And um, that's what you don't want to do <laughs> as a doctor, because oftentimes is if you get a bad review, the first thing I tell them is, um, let it sit, go to sleep, and then address it the next day. And then this is good for like any type of argument, in, in my opinion. But, um, you know, we get angry, we don't like the review. So, but that's, that's a common problem that I often see with doctors is we get angry. And it, that can often like make it 10 times worse because of them to respond and communicate in a not so nice direction that just opens up the floodgates, right? Um, but back to your question about using different marketing. So, so was it more about, uh, you know, it was your question about how to use different types of video or different types of email or how does direct to marketing well, like respond how, to that? Like, how would you value that? Like, how important would you think that is for physicians um, or clinicians to do that for potential clients or their current clients or whatever? But you're, yeah, you're, yeah, I, I think... I think it is 100%. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. 100% true. Um, and we can talk about the direct, direct marketing because I know Kevin really wants to get into yep. this. But, you know, the classic way that direct marketing or direct uh, marketing uses is copywriting, which is just a way of communication using written, written communication to help, let's, I'll use the word, persuade persuade people in the right direction. I actually had, it had written a um, uh, something on that. Actually, I don't have it with me, but it, it, it's a, it was basically the definition of using copywriting to help influence, um, persuade writing to inspire people to take action. I think that was the best definition that I can get. And hopefully in this case, action for them to become a patient uh, of ours. And one thing that I've learned in using direct marketing is the importance of, of copywriting. And usually that comes in the form of a letter. And the reason why this is so important is because back in the day before there was a time, you know, I tell my kids this, there was a time before we had internet, he doesn't believe me, <laughs> but where we used to communicate through what's known as the U.S. Postal Service, right? <laughs> so we would, we would, we, they would have businesses back in the day where they would write letters to prospects and we still get it these days you know we'll we'll get something let's say from uh i'll get something and i hate to throw up this word but like the ama or something like that and it's a letter you know uh we get letter right now we're in the the political camp political time of year right so we're getting all of these asking for donations from these different politicians they come in the form of a letter and and the reason why that's important is because when you get a letter, what do we think of when we're getting a letter? It's like, um, it's coming from a family member, a friend, right? It's not my, when my sister is communicating, well, now she's using text, but when we were using letters, right? I was with my, uh, back in the day when I was in a long distance relationship with my now wife, we would write letters to each other because, and we would cherish getting letters and so in the mail, they understood that people cherish 
this 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 letter writing and, and copywriting is just a form of that. And so when you're communicating, get back to your question, when you're communicating to prospects or when I'm communicating, you know, things about my practice and why I would like them to become a, uh, I would like them, be, I would like to become their doctor is I write in it in the form of a letter because it really has that communication that we're writing to a friend or family member. When I write emails, uh, I tell my uh, students that it's like writing to your mom, like if you're recommending something, you know, if you're, let's say, in affiliate marketing, you say, write to your mom or your, your friend. You're not hitting them over the head with, uh, you know, buy now and, and click this and using all these kind of uh, crazy tactics. It starts with just communicating in what we, we've learned as a kid, right? Writing letters, writing letters to Santa Claus. You know, I'm getting this, this is nice, this call is getting a nice, nice uh, friendly feeling here. You know, I'm getting this little thing about Santa Claus and <laughs> politics, <laughs> I don't know. But, but it is an important skill to have. Yeah. For sure. And I do think that gets kind of lost in the shuffle when you're when through medical school training and everything else, because we do have so much professional communication and you have charting and all these things. And I think people forget, though, when you're when you're communicating, whether it's writing verbally in the visit through your marketing, it has to be personable. Uh, you can be professional and personable, but the the best communication, if you're trying to move someone is personal communication. And I do think sometimes as physicians, we tend to lose that because we think, well, we have to say, you know, they call them the 25 cent words and the 50 cent words and make it super, super hard. And, and that's how they, to demonstrate my gravitas as a, as a physician, this will demonstrate my professionality. But if you're not personable in writing it in such a way that your patients can understand you, that entire communication has now become pretty worthless in a lot of ways, shape or form. So I loved how you kind of brought up that person, you know, being able to write to your mom with your. Well, community. yeah. Well, 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 Kevin, if my mom's asking me how I'm doing, do you think I'm going to put it in the form of a soap note? <laughs> uh, how you doing, son? Well, subjectively, you know, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling a little bit tired for the last three days, a little fatigued. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm, I've been suffering from dyspnea from all the smoke from the fires that are coming nearby. <laughs> That's right. And it's giving me palpitations, and uh, I haven't been eating. So my board yeah. has been going crazy. You know, it's like that. Nah, whatever. Right. So true. Well, you got to appeal to the emotion. I mean, as I say, the elephant. I mean, you got to appeal to people's. Um, you know, it can't just be talking brainy stuff. It's got to be an emotional component that you're tapping into that they really don't even realize. It's kind of, uh, I don't want to call it covert, but it's just, you're appealing to the things that can actually move them. Right. And, and another thing that my mentor would teach me, and, and, and it, this, this may sound kind of cliche to, to some extent, but most people are bored. <laughs> you know, it's not just from COVID, but in general, when you're getting an email, what's going to draw your attention? And, and that's something we can talk about copywriting. It's, it's the emotion that you talked about, but something that, that's coming up. Let's say you're going to be promoting a course or you're going to be having a, a grand opening or if you're going to be doing a special. You know, there's ways that you can use the written word to, you know, excite you. You know, there, there's a book out there, I think it's called Words That Sell. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a book that I've had for, for years and it just goes over the way different ways that 
you know, different words have, can elicit excitement, elicit an emotion. And that's a skill that, you know, I've used in copywriting lately in, you know, my medical businesses, but my non-medical businesses as well, because it's, it's universal. We're all kind of, you know, we all go through the days, you know, we get this routine, what we're doing, we're checking our, our email and, you know, you know, this is our, like our fifth Zoom call of the day, right? Uh, and, but if there's something out there that maybe can brighten somebody's day, you know, reading an email, oh, look, there's something that's going on, you know, if you can have that skill to, again, using that, that definition is influence them to, to, to take some type of action, copywriting is an easy way of, uh, of learning how to do it. Now, it, it's not easy to, to master, but it can certainly put you in the, in the right direction. You know, and, and I'm thinking about that, again, from, from kind of the, all the little things that we've talked about so far. We've talked about the fact that it, you could be the best at whatever it is, but if you can't, if you're not, people aren't aware that you're the best, which the only way that occurs is through some sort of marketing, then it's not going to matter, really. And then Melissa had commented earlier about value. And then how do we, you know, demonstrating value in, in, is, is also a form of marketing because if you're known for producing good results, again, people have to be aware of those good results. And so they have to be talking about your good results. That's a form of marketing. Um, and, but then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going back to the employed physician who may be thinking, well, I, I still don't see why this is important to me. But we've also talked about reputation management. And so I, I think back whenever anybody goes to get an appointment, and, and particularly if you're with a large healthcare system, they almost always send you some form letter afterward asking you for something. Like, would you rate this visit? Blah, 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 blah. And my, I read those and they just make me cringe because they're so badly written and they're just so horrendous. You know, uh, they're, they're almost, the only way you want to fill them out is if you're so mad at your doctor. That's, you know, you'll fill out those Pescani things. But I'm thinking like if you were, if you were in, uh, in your own practice, one thing that you may consider doing is simply writing a friendly letter to your patient saying, I hope that you enjoyed your visit with me today. I hope that you, you know, you found value. You got the, the, the things that you needed out of this. If, if you wouldn't mind, I would love a referral or you could rate us on blah, blah, blah website. And that would be a really simple thing that would be a really easy to start marketing tool that any physician can do because now you're at least taking control of your reputation and you're increasing awareness of that reputation by doing a, a basic follow-up letter that you could even handle out, hand out at the end of the, of the appointment. So I, I just, I think this is, you know, this is, this is a really important topic, no matter where you practice uh, to understand this communication, the importance of good communication. We're going to call that marketing, but it's really good communication is just super key. Yeah, and just to give, just to use the example that, that you gave, and, you know, just as someone who owns my own practice, you know, we don't have a big marketing budget, but I used a little bit of copywriting to get them to turn in the reviews. So what you gave was, you said you were, you were bored, you know, rate us for five stars. There's no incentive. And one of the things that's kind of the cornerstone, right, in, in, in copywriting we learned, it, it's always about, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? So as so what I wrote in my little email, just a few sentences, is I, I, I wanted them to, to know what's in it for them. And one of the reasons that I say it, I say, hey, thank you 
for this visit. We, we lo loved having you here. If you wouldn't mind, um, we don't have a large, we're a small business. We don't have a large marketing budget. Our business grows just from word of mouth. If you had a great experience, would you mind sharing it with others? Uh, and the reason why it's what's in it for them is that helps keeps our costs low because I'm not spending thousands of dollars on, you know, big billboard ads, right? I, I'm using word of mouth. So we talked about, Melissa, about just communication. It's, it's bringing them back to this level. I'm not some big CEO telling you that, um, you know, just fill this out and, and I'm giving them an incentive. They're saying, hey, yeah, that's right. And I'm not, they're not gonna raise my rates. They, they're very affordable. And I'll do this. It's going to help them. And, and, and it's something where, yeah, this, this makes sense. So I think we got a lot. I, I don't have the, the measurements, but I, I think we get a little bit more reviews than the average person just by giving that, using a little bit of copywriting to, to get, give them incentive to fill those uh, forms out. Yeah, I like that sense of, of uh, showing that you care on enough about the experience and it's that whole no like and trust you kind of uh, response that you know you, you 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 tailor it in a way that shows that you do care about how they experience their visit or what you whatever your services are um, and there is a sense of you know people wanting to do good or do good you know do well by you um, and help that out as we know you know word of mouth is pretty powerful um, when it gets magnified. So, um, yeah, I think that trusting you and, and showing that you care, um, makes them feel yeah, like maybe they can trust you a little more. <laughs> just, just giving them some transparency. Yeah. Well, in the way that you phrased that, I really like the way that you were, you kind of phrased it. Um, uh, you know, if you enjoyed it, we're not a big marketing, we'd really appreciate you ref you referring or writing review it, because now if they've had a good experience, i.e. the value that we were talking about earlier, the the what's in it for them is they feel good because now they're supporting you know I, i'm i'm supporting you you know it's almost as you're offering from a place of vulnerability saying i could really use your help and people do like to help others particularly if they like them so um i i, I just really like that phrase that you were using in there yeah i mean again another thing that we learned in, in marketing people in general want to belong to something that's um with with a cause that's greater than themselves, right? We will always want to, whether it's being spirituality, whether it's an organization that that we admire, a movement, which are most in general we're, we're tribal. We want to belong and feel that our voice um, is is going to the greater good. Yeah, I think that enhance that even highlights this sense of meaning. Um, you know, when you when you're writing something, uh, giving people that sense of meaning, but also you kind of alluded to it earlier in this sense of maybe, maybe a sense of urgency, like this something coming up, giving them a date, giving them, you know, anytime you see something that's novel from an email versus like the typical mm -hmm. routine stuff, or there's a sense of a deadline or a date or a challenge <laughs> or something of those, those, those things seem to draw people. Yeah, we call those uh, triggers, psychological triggers. Others might have some other definitions <laughs> of it. Some might think they're like, um, you know, sleazy tactics. But the reason yeah. why is, you know, urgency, scarcity, those things work. Yeah. Uh, and, and that always makes me laugh because um, 
I, I always go back before I even knew anything about marketing. I, I remember I was listening to an interview and some, this, the guy in this interview was a business podcast said at some point you just have to write the copy. And I would, <laughs> I wrote it down in my little journal and I, and I had a little box like check into it. Cause I was like, what the hell does this even mean? Like write the copy. Um, because my exposure, like I think a lot of people of us, is we think about sales and we think about marketing as your kind of sleazy used card salesman or whatever, but it permeates everything. And when people say, well, these might be, you know, these little triggers won't work on me. I'm like, uh, okay, so you never, you know, Black Friday sales don't work for you. You never <laughs> look for Amazon day. Those are all, you know, psychological triggers that, that large companies are using. And my, my, and I think some of the best, marketing out there that is the stuff that you're not even aware of because it's, you're already acting on it. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, it's so fascinating the, the, the world of marketing and the importance of it and the importance of good communication. So I, I'm, I'm curious, Kevin. So like, I don't know how, how you felt. Uh, but once I understood uh, marketing and specifically copywriting, it almost was like the matrix to me. <laughs> If you remember the movie, The Matrix, you know, they, they find out that, you know, um, there's a whole different world. Um, and you think the world is this way. And then you, you realize that copywriting is not something that somebody cooked up five years ago. It's been around for, you know, hundreds of years, right? Mm -hmm. um, and these same types of things that even where we're seeing on the internet, you know, um, probably not as prevalent as it was, but back, you know, in, the, in let's say, early 2000s, a lot of ways that people were getting you to purchase products online outside of Amazon or eBay was these long-form sales letters. And they were basically just the modern equivalent of these letters that I had, had mentioned earlier in, in the interview uh, that we would get in the mail, this, like, dear so-and-so. And... You would have a headline, a, you know, a sub-headline. And then these little triggers in this long sales letter. I know we've all seen them. Um, but the reason why they were so prevalent is because they worked. <laughs> because people would read these letters. And then at the end, you know, they see the PS and they say, oh, I'm going to go in. I'm going to order it. I know I bought stuff from it. Um, but those same type of sales letters are still prevalent today except they may be in the form of like a video. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I know we're, we'll get, get into this, but there's a, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the, another big, big um, foundations in, in copywriting is AIDA or ADA, which is the format is that all of these types of ways that we, we sell goes in the form of AIDA or attention, interest, desire action and the the sales letters have it the same way the videos have it the same way and uh it follows that format and we can talk more about that if you like but um they haven't gone away if you've ever been on an infomercial have you ever watched an infomercial mm -hmm. which we all have it follows the same format attention interest desire action yeah i, I think that might be um that might be a good one to finish on Kevin if you want to talk deeper into that or what do you think Kevin no I, I, well return to the matrix moment it totally was <laughs> a matrix moment. I mean it, it absolutely blew my mind when 
you know, you have a question, well, what is, what does it mean to write the copy? And then you start pulling it up. Holy crap. It was amazing. And I think the, the thing that was, you know, not only has this stuff been working for hundred plus years, and you, you could go back to the old books where they were written 100 plus years ago and the same, they're still useful now because the principles are basically good communication. And the things, you know, I think about Publishers Clearinghouse. You remember, what, remember I don't even think they mailed those anymore, but the Publishers Clearinghouse, you know, and they always had the winner or whatever. I with, can, the with the giant checks. With the giant checks. And, I did, and they used to have this one letter that you had to like hunt through the thing and find these little stamps and stick it on the thing to do whatever. And it was, I mean, it was, a, it was basically getting you engaged in this super big mailer to mm -hmm. send it in. And I would sit with my mom and do that. Right. And it was like, we're going to win, you know, and we hunted all these little, these things. And it was, you know, people, well, that's sleazy. Well, I actually have fond memories of doing that with my mother and we did win a ruby crystal pendant it was probably worth about two whoa cents. yeah we did we're wow. big winners um but it's amazing and the other and the other part about that though from this kind of matrix moment is if you even look at we you know if you're a physician and you're thinking persuasion and marketing and copywriting this we have nothing to do with it well motivational interviewing is a huge part of practices now because we've recognized that information doesn't change behavior and I don't, I'd love to hear you, Mike, but the first time I, I started looking at motivational interviewing, I was like, this is sales. These guys, they're basically taking good sales techniques, which sales kind of comes off of the marketing arm when you're looking at action. I was like, this is basically a sales approach. So it's everywhere, you know. Lots of psychology. Lots of psychology. Well, yeah. I mean, again, not going back to the, this AIDA thing, but so basically A is attention, right? So if you're trying to get people's um, attention. The first one is attention. And so in these sales letters, just as in like doing an interview, you have to get their attention. Usually it's in the form of a headline. You'll see a headline. So if I'm having a, a conference that I'm, I'm, um, want physicians to go to, I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, you know, physicians, here is a, uh, and this is probably, you know, how would you like to come to a conference where you can learn more about creating passive income for yourself, which will give you more time for your family and friends and finally become the boss that you've always dreamed of. Probably for <laughs> a headline, but that's what you're doing. You're trying to give them attention, meaning that there is a specific group out there that you're trying to reach. And the I is the interest. Why do they want to know this? Well, they, I just gave you reasons why you want to get more passive income. You're going to you're going to be home more. You're going to be home with your, your, your kids. We're talking about different benefits. So I can see the same thing when you're using this type, when you're talking about interviewing. Why would they want to, when you're interviewing somebody, you want to get their attention. You want to show them this is why, um, you know, you are, I'm interested in, in helping you. I've, I see what you, you've got a problem I can help you with. And the interest is because I've, done something similar. So let's say if I'm having this conference on passive income, I've built passive income, I tell them about my story. So when I'm talking and I'm interviewing, I want to learn more. I'm a doctor and I've had patients who I've treated very similarly. I want to know if this is going to be right, you know, right for you. And then the D is desire and the action. And we talk about this is why you want to quit smoking for our patient. This is why you want to attend my conference. And A is the action. This is why I want you to attend I want you to have a call of action. I want you to come to my conference in, in the same, in the same spirit. 
I want you to fill in this prescription or I want you to see this, uh, I want you to do this type of treatment. It's not all, you know, um, comparing apples to apples, but it's the same thing with psychology. We're just using communication to persuade people. You know, I, I, I did a talk on, on sales for physicians. I say, if you think of sales as just another form of persuasion or just if you want to take it one step further, another form of helping, um, it doesn't feel as sleazy. You know, people are saying, oh, I don't want to be in, into sales. Well, think of it as a form of persuasion. Do you want to help more people? You can use marketing, you can use these tactics and copywriting to help persuade more people. Now, whether you decide to use this for good versus evil, that, that's up to you. Uh, but the reason why is because they work, you know? I guess to uh, one extent where you see like, why are cults, why, why do cults exist? Because, you know, that's the, 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 the taking persuasion to the nth degree when people, you know, against their will, they, they're using persuasion, but they, they use these, some of these tactics that we, we talk about. You just made me think of the very important part of all of this is that, you know, you hear about the avatar and who you're talking to. It's really important to know who your audience is and whether you're talking about extreme examples or not, that you you need to know where those people are coming from and what their struggles are, what, you know, what they're frustrated with. And in order for you to effectively design the right kind of copy or communication to actually appeal to them. Well, and that comes back actually to, to being able to apply good marketing and communication skills in your appointment and your patient visit, right? Because if you don't know who your patient is, you're not going to be able to frame the message that you're trying to explain what, to get them to take action, ideally for something that's beneficial to them. Uh, that's not going to happen if you, if you don't really know who it is that you're talking to. And the other part about this, I was just kind of, we've kind of gone full surf, kind of full circle here because we talked early on, you could be the best physician, best surgeon, but if you're not a good marketer, nobody is going to know about you. Um, and if you can't, if, if you are not being able to generate a persuasive argument in your patient care visits, you're really not going to have the impact that you could have as a physician in your practice and to, to, do, to do the good work with that. So um, I think everybody needs to learn about a little marketing here. <laughs> I, I think Melissa hit on the head. Um, if you don't like the word marketing, you know, substitute with the word become a better communicator. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all communicate different ways. You know, um, for myself, the way that I tend to communicate is kind of that telling the story, you know, um, what they're different. There are different, um, I would, for lack of a better term, like genres in marketing and, and, and or I guess memes might be a more modern world word. Um, one type of meme in, in marketing is what's known as the reluctant hero. Uh, which which means basically is is you know, you know the, the the person who comes from simple means to uh, you know like who overcame some type of obstacle just to slay the dragon and, and is and is humble but becomes a hero and people love that story we've seen that you know from David and Goliath we've seen this throughout the years we all see movies based upon that type of concept and the reason why. Movies, which is another form, uses marketing, is because these types of um, tropes, that's what the word I was thinking of, these type of tropes exist because we all, we've all seen these type of things. So if you use that in, in your communication, you know, when I use it for doctor to patient, 
you know, I'll talk about a treatment. I have one tr uh, treatment that, that I use, um, which is uh, we, we have a clinic where we do hormone treatment. And I tell them uh, a story about, if I'm trying to say if this treatment is right for them, I tell them, you know, my wife, the reason why I started this clinic was because my wife was having a lot of hormone issues. And then she tried this treatment and she overcame all of these different symptoms, you know, overcoming obstacles. And, you know, so the proverbial slaying the dragon and now her life is in a better place because of this. And it's, you know, the, you know, I hate to use numbers, but numbers are an important part of marketing. My conversion rate is very high because this story really helps bridge the gap with these communication. Now, there are different ways I could have communicated. Like I just showed her, you know, here's 10 menline studies. Here, read it. Figure it out on your own. Do the research, right? People <laughs> like to say, or, you know, or I could say, you know, there are different ways that, that, that we could communicate, you know, uh, or you know, everybody else on the block has had the same treatment. Why aren't you? I could use, you know, <laughs> peer pressure to get someone. But, you know, for myself, and everybody is a bit different, I love storytelling. I think storytelling is one of the most powerful forms of marketing. Mm -hmm. And whether you're using it, you know, one-on-one -on -one or using it in an email or using it in a video, what does it do? It, it really draws attention. It stops people what they're doing and they'll want to listen to the story. And especially if you use, um, you know, something where, you know, like what comes next, you know, you know, that's another form of, of marketing where you're like, people want to complete what's going to happen, right? This is why we binge episodes on Netflix, right? <laughs> For those who have it, which is about everybody. You know, I, I can remember I'm be on a weekend and I'm like on episode one and then next thing I know it's like, you know, episode five because <laughs> you always end in a cliffhanger. Well, that's another form of communication marketing, right? We're trying to, to fill in. We want to know what happens to our hero. We want to know what's, what's, going, what's going to happen. So again, I'm kind of going off in a tangent, but this is where I, marketing and Kevin's is laughing. I just got this picture of doing that in a patient care visit, right? So you end them on a cliffhanger, and then next time we'll reveal your results when you come back. Well, you know, they, they, they do that, right? No, yeah. they, they, also, they, they do that on the 11 o'clock news, right? You know, these are the this common household item that's in your pantry right now. Studies have shown can cause cancer. Yeah. What is it? We'll tell you at 11 o'clock tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Illicit fear. <laughs> That's right, which is another form of a psychological trigger. Yes, yes, most definitely. Kevin, any other questions? No, I, I again, I think we could talk about this uh, for hours, at least. I'd love to talk about it for hours. It's, it's interesting. But thank you very much, Mike, for coming on. I really appreciate your expertise in this and this important um really an important topic for physicians to be more aware of and i think we've you know we've covered this whole gamut from reputation management to you know referrals in your practice to uh getting those five-star reviews or just responding adequately to one-star reviews um and in this day and age i think we are all you know the business of you as the individual physician is absolutely critical because it's not going to go away and it's, i can just see this amplifying so thank you for coming on and giving us some hints and strategies when it comes to some basic marketing for physicians out there yeah, yeah again thanks you guys for, for having me and again i know there, there's some doctors who are watching this or listening to this 
um, who's saying, mm, I kind of get it, but I don't know if it's something that's going to be important to me. I would invite them next time that they check their mail to see how they're being marketed to. You know, when you get a letter from that organization that they, they want you to join for $79 a year, look at, are you, look at the, the advertising that you're getting. Oftentimes you'll find it in the form of a letter and then you'll find out, hey, this is what we were talking about. I'm being marketed to. It's not only gonna make you, not only gonna make you a better physician, I think it's gonna make, make you more an educated individual because you can see how powerful that these forms of persuasion can be. So um, just something to, to take a look at. And again, it's, it's like the matrix. I mean, it was like, oh my goodness. I thought this, I thought my university was all the up and up. Look, they're trying to get me to donate more money. How are they doing it? They're using marketing. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. And, and thank you again. I think it, it, if, if you're reading those things, even when I'm looking at an email or I'm triggered to maybe go buy something, I, I actually sometimes think, okay, why is it I'm being triggered right now? What is it? Is it, I just want a good deal. Yeah. Like I just love the idea of a good deal and I, or don't want to miss out, you know, just it's uh it, it's good for people to reflect on that. And uh, I encourage the listeners to uh, be more mindful of how they're impacted by the words that they're reading or that they're hearing from people. So, um, Thank you again. For those of you out there, this is the Change Physician Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Cady, with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro, and our awesome returning guest, Dr. Michael Booming. Uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, folks. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.